Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning. How's everybody doing? I love to see you all here. Hey, so uh, you guys, we're going to talk about money. Who likes to talk about money? Does anyone like to talk about money? I know a lot of people don't like to talk about money because money is one of those things, especially in our culture, that it's kind of taboo to talk about. We grow up with all these like stories in our head. Well, not, I shouldn't say everybody, but if you're anything like me, you grow up with stories in your head, like money doesn't grow on trees. Money doesn't just, I can't just produce money just like that. You know, like there's a lot of story. Like I grew up in the church. So I was told that money is the root of all evil. Right. So learning to master my money has been the hardest thing. And it's still, it's still one of the hardest things that I have to learn. And I talk about that because I know I'm not alone in this. I know I'm not alone. I know that I'm not the only one out there who really has a hard time understanding why I make so much freaking money, but I don't have all the money that I made. Is anybody else in that same boat? Mariella just rolled her eyes. Yes, 100%, right? Like, why do I, why did I make $500,000 last year? And I only had X amount of dollars at the end of the year. Why did that happen? That, that is a vicious, vicious, vicious cycle, vicious cycle to go on because I know how to make a lot of money. And every single one of us here knows, has the skills and has the knowledge to make a lot of money. Is that true? Every single one of us knows how to do it. But here's where, here's where it's going to get you. If you don't know how to actually allocate the money that you make and put that money back into the things that can make you more money or back into the ways to save that money, it doesn't matter how much money you make. When I was, um, I think the last time I ever borrowed money from my dad to pay rent, I was 24 years old. Uh, maybe a little older. I might've been like 27 or 28. Who knows? I was maybe a little older, but I had to go to my dad because I was on the verge of getting evicted from my apartment. And I was so nervous about getting evicted. And I had asked every other person in my family for money. My dad was the last person I wanted to ask because I knew what was going to happen. My dad, my dad, my dad has always been the one that I'm like, I don't want to disappoint my dad. I don't want to, I'm total daddy's girl right here. Total daddy's girl. So I had to go and ask my dad for money. And my dad sat me down and I was like, this is why I didn't want to ask you for money the whole time. I'm like, this is why I didn't want to do it, but I need to have, I need to know, I need to pay my rent. I need to pay my rent. And my dad said to me, look, Linnea, if you can't learn to manage a hundred dollars, you could make a hundred thousand dollars and you're not going to be able to manage a hundred thousand dollars. You have to learn how to manage the small amounts of money first, because it doesn't matter if you can't, you're never going to be able to manage the larger amounts of money. And I've heard a lot of people say is like, if you're close to me or you're on the, any of the journeys with me, you know that I'm on a money, a money mindset journey right now. And I've heard a lot of people say, look, I don't really want to think about having to make a plan for my money because I just want to think about making more money. Well, that kind of goes against, it kind of goes against the laws of money. So I'm going to tell you the, the five tips to planning your money that have really helped me get to a point where I'm now comfortable to actually talk about it. Okay. I'm in no way am I saying, am I a millionaire yet? But you better believe I will be there and I will be there really, really, really fast. Okay. So I'm in no, no way telling you this as a person who's 
who has saved a shit ton of money. I'm telling you this as a person who's gone through a lot of experience and has not saved a ton of money and who is now learning how to do it and how this is actually working for me. So if you resonate with this, this is an awesome call for you. Okay. So um, the first thing, uh, and I'll, I'll show you a little bit about kind of like what my budget looks like and how I actually do this on a regular basis, because I know a lot of people always want to see how my brain works. But I'll tell you, when I show you how my brain works, it's going to be really confusing because there's a lot that goes on up here. So that goes on up here. <laughs> so if you're confused about it, don't be surprised because you are not alone. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk to you about is making sure that you set a super clear goal for your money. I'm going to show you my notes here. You know, I normally have Brandon put this together in a nice presentation for me, but I didn't this time. So you're going to see my notes. Okay, there we go. So the very, very, very first thing that you have to make sure you understand, and this is probably not a surprise to anyone if you follow anything that I do, you've got to have a super clear goal for your money. Super clear goal. And it can't be, it can't be, I want to make a lot of money. That's not a clear goal. A clear goal to say, I want to make a lot of money is not a clear goal. Because what is a lot of money to you? What is a lot of money to me? What is a lot of money to the person down the street? What is a lot of money to you 20 years ago? What is a lot of money to you in 20 years, 20 years from now? So you cannot say, I want to make a lot of money. You have to be very, 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 very clear. When I started writing out my manifesto about two years ago, my manifesto says I have $19,732,264.13 in my bank account. How specific is that? Does anybody else have a very super specific goal like that? Make sure you have a super clear goal. I'm not joking. Because that goal, ever since I've had that goal in mind, I now, it's helped me, it's helped me understand, okay, now, 19 million, 200, whatever I said, I have to write, write it, I have to read it again. $19 million, essentially. Okay. I'm like, okay, so now I have a house in mind. Oh my God, I'm going to have to up my goal because the house that I want is going to cost me more than $19 million. Right. So that's why it's important to have those goals in mind, but you have to have a very clear goal in mind. It started out with having a $5 million net worth is what my, what my original goal started out as. And that's because I read Tony Robbins, Money, Master of the Game, which is an awesome book. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. And he talks about in there how you have to actually sit down and actually see, like based on your current style of living, you got to track your expenses and understand what you're spending right now. Based on your current style of living, how much do you actually need to have in order to feel like you never have to work again? And for a lot of people, that number is actually a lot smaller than what you think it is. Like if I were to never, at the time when I did this exercise, this was about you know eight years ago before I got my real estate license, which is part of the reason I got my real estate license. Um, at the time, that number was only $5 million. In order for me to feel like I never had to work again, it was only $5 million. And that was assuming that I was never, it's kind of like days on market or absorption rate, like assuming nothing changes, that was that number. And of course that number changes as you grow. But it's really good to sit down and do that exercise to understand based on your current expenses today, how much you actually have to make. Because if you don't have a number in mind, you're literally, it's just like content planning, okay? You're literally, if you don't have a number in mind, how much money you want to make, you're literally just flailing, flailing through, closing deals left and right, just close deals, close deals, close deals. So have a very, very, very clear plan. Is your plan to... Uh, and then when you have a clear plan, you got to understand how you're going to achieve that plan. How much money is it going to cost you to achieve that plan? 
For me, specifically for my business, I'm on a mission to serve 100 households. In order for me to serve 100 households, I need to put 3,700 new leads into my database based on my conversion ratios. Do any of you know that number? Yeah, so I know 3,700 new leads. So in order for me to get 3,700 new leads in my database, I know exactly where I need to spend my money to get those leads, right? So if you have that super, super clear plan for your money, it's going to be much easier to figure out where to actually spend your money. Because if you don't have that number, you're going to have all these, these people. I don't know about you guys. I get 50 calls a day. Oh, spend money here. We'll help you generate leads. Can we put appointments on your calendar? Can we do this? Can we do that? Bye, 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 bye. And real estate agents were like, yeah, shiny object, money, yeah. That's what we do. It's horrible. It's the curse of a real estate agent, you guys. It's the curse. It's, what, it's just what happens. So you've got to have a super clear plan. Okay, I'll get, off, I'll get off that topic. The next one, make sure that you track, and this part sucks, it's the worst part, it's the worst part, it's the worst part, but it is the most important part. Track every single penny you spend and label them. Track and label. Label them if they are fixed or if they are variable. The difference with a fixed expense is obviously something that's never going to change. This is like broker dues. I mean, it'll change if you go to a different broker, but right now you're probably not leaving your broker today. And if you are, okay, cool. But <laughs> you know what that dues, dues are going to be, right? Like I know that every single month I have to pay $109 to eXp, $109. Like I know that, okay? The variable expenses are depending on how many closings I have. That's going to vary my transaction fees, my broker review fees. Those are variable. Make sense? but I know my broker dues are always gonna be the same. I know the salary that I pay myself. I pay myself $6,000 a month. My $6,000 a month is always the same, always. Um, when I have um, insurance or software subscriptions, like for example, street text, I know that I'm gonna pay street text 450 bucks a month. That's just what I pay street text every month. It's a fee, it's, a fee. it's, an, it's an expense, it's a business expense and I know that. Now, the variable side comes in when I have commissions that I'm paying out or listing expenses. Like if I have um, an open house, right? Like today, I have a broker's open. I just spent $300 on flyers for a broker's open house, you guys. $300, okay? But I also know that for the budget for this particular listing, I have a little bit more to spend. But those are variable. Uh, gas, travel, when you're when you're a buyer's agent and you are showing a lot of houses, you cannot predict how much gas, how much money you're going to spend in gas. You cannot. You cannot predict how many miles you're going to buy. So you have to have an allocation in there for a variable expense. Everybody tracking? Does that make sense? This part is the worst. Okay, and I'm going to show you a little bit. I'll, I'll give you a little insight as to what mine looks like, um, because there's a multiple ways that I do this. So at the beginning of every year, I sit here and I basically project how many deals I have coming in. Okay. And this is basically based off of last year. So I looked at 2022 and I said, okay, if I have nothing changes from 2022, this is what I project is going to come in. My biggest month is going to be May and it's proving to be May with $120,000 of income coming in. That's a lot of income. And there's a lot of money I could do with that. But the worst, worst mistake I have made is sitting there and saying, okay, $120,000. Yeah, I can buy everything in one month. But then look down here, you guys, in December, when I have no closings, what am I doing with that $120,000? So, so it's really important to have a projection. When you're looking at this, you need to look ahead and project. You, that is why listings are super important. That is why I promote, I focus on listings because I can predict my income with listings. I cannot predict my income with buyers. 
Buyers are like icing on the cake. But these are all based off of listings, just so you know. Everything that's a buyer is icing on the cake. So predicting my listings, because I can look ahead, I can look at my database, I can look at who I've been prospecting, I can look on my pipeline and I can say, okay, these are all, this is what I have coming in. So if this is what I have coming in, and I know that I actually want to have money left over at the end of the year, I'm not giving myself a lot left over at the end of the year. I've got 441000 out of 500. So what is that? $60,000 I'm leaving myself left over. It's better than nothing. Better than what I did last year. Way better than what I did last year. But still, that's a lot of expenses. Isn't it? That's a lot. So this is essentially like part of how I, I track my expenses and I look ahead. Like I know, here's my fix. So you see I have fixed here and then you can tell something's variable based off of this. So I, I basically expect that I'm going to have about 5% of my total list of my total gross, gross commission spent on listings, 5% on, on marketing. It's going to be like open houses, brokers, open advertisements, you know, whatever I need to do. So tracking and labeling expenses is super important. And if you don't know how to get started on doing this, I'll show you this sheet here. Oops. Um, so this is essentially how it started. I went through and I literally printed out my, um, I printed out my, my uh, bank statements for the last six months. And I went and I said, okay, here's exactly, this is exactly what I have coming out monthly, annually, bi-monthly, quarterly, semi-annually. And I went in and I said, okay, this is how much it's costing me every month. And if it's variable, like these are, these are mostly fixed expenses, by the way, you guys, this is just fixed. So it's really easy when you do this because you can go in and you can say, well, you know what? There's a couple of variables, variables in here, but oh my gosh, this is, this is, a, I think this is 2022s, but I looked at this and I was like 349 bucks for cloud CMA on a, on a yearly basis. That's a crap ton for cloud CMA. KV Core has a way better solution and I don't have to pay for it. So first thing I did, canceled. Okay. I went through and I said, um, I had, uh, what is this? Like an, a coach, a coach coaching that I was working with. And I was like, you know what? I actually get, it's only 300 bucks a month, but I'm getting way more value in other areas. Cancel. Okay. Follow-up boss, my CRM. That is not, a, that is not a variable expense. That is also not an optional expense. So I actually said I needed to upgrade it because I'm paying more because I'm paying it on a monthly basis. So pay it on an annual basis. You, you make, you pay, you pay less. This is how I track my money. I know exactly what's coming in, exactly what's coming out every single month. And then I go through here on a, on a quarterly basis, I go through here and I'm like, okay, where can I cut? I cut a lot, cut a lot, you know? Because if you, if you, if you just keep spending on things that aren't working, you're gonna be in this rat, this rat race, this cycle of just never ending, like, feeling up to your eyeballs in expenses. And that sucks. That's a horrible, horrible feeling. We work really, really, really hard in this business. And in order to feel like you're actually getting something from it, you need to feel that monetary gain. Because without it, why are we here? I'm literally not here working my ass off every single day to have no money. I'm just putting that out there. That's not why I'm here. Okay, so... When you figure that out, then you need to go in and identify where your money is making you the most. Where are you making the most money? Like you just heard me a minute ago say that I pay 450 bucks a month for street text. That might seem like a lot to some of you, but if any of you know my success with street text, you know why I pay 450 bucks a month. My ROI on street text is insane. It's like a 70, 85% ROI. Last year, I think I invested what? 
maybe $5,000 in street text and Facebook ads, and I close over $200,000, I mean, that's an ROI that I need to keep. So that's definitely an expense I'm not going to get rid of. But if you're just, if you don't know where your money's going, you don't know, you, you don't know what you can cut. So if you're in this position right now, I'm going to tell you, this is the best thing you can do for yourself. I have, I've done this and I, that's why I know, and I'm confident in saying that this is the best thing you can do. Go back and track every single one, every single penny that you spent for the last three months, every single penny from every one of your accounts. I have eight bank accounts, eight bank accounts. I printed all of them out. I allocated all of them to a, a, a spot in my budget. And I said, okay, this is how much I need to keep spending. This is how much I need to cancel. I do that because in this market, this market is very unpredictable. I hear, I've talked to a lot of agents and I hear a lot of agents saying, I'm having a hard time getting business. Where do you get business from? How do you have so many listings? Blah, 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 blah. Lots of negativity. The market is very different. The market is very different, right? It's true but I am not struggling for business, mostly because I know where my money is being, where my money is best spent. So that's why. So if you can do this, do it. Susan is asking, why do I have eight bank accounts? Because I have my, my, my funds allocated different. I have an account that all of my 1099 contractors, their money goes into there. So I allocate money into that from every single check. I have money for my profit. I want I pay myself first. So I would put money into my profit account first. Literally, my profit is only giving me a 1% from every commission check right now. Because I made zero last year. So 1% is a huge improvement. Right? So I do that. I allocate money for taxes. Every single check, I pay, pay profit first. I put money into my owner's compensation, which is my salary. And then I pay I put money into my taxes. Do not forget to put money aside for your taxes. How many of you have ever gotten that tax bill at the end of the year and you're like, oh shit, how am I going to pay this? Like, I know, I, I've never, it's never happened to me. It never happened to me. Because I, like from the beginning, I was like, yeah, I don't want that. Because I heard like my mom, my mom was in business. So I learned a lot of things from her, right? My mom said, you know, if you learn one thing from me, learn to put money aside for your taxes. So 30% from every check always goes aside for taxes, which is kind of cool because at the end of the year, when I don't actually have to pay 30%, I just get a tax return. I give myself a tax return. And then I didn't have to pay the government, but the government didn't earn interest on my money. I earned interest on my money. And then I gave myself a tax return. Um, so, but Susan, that is why. Like I, I have multiple accounts. I allocate marketing, operations, expenses, 1099s, myself, uh, my profit, my owner's compensation, um, my reserves. I have an account for reserves, which is really important because on those slow months, you know, I don't, I, I dip into my reserves sometimes, but those slow months are like really important. I mean, and right now, I'm, thankfully, I'm not having to dip into my reserves because there's businesses, this is the time of year, right? But come October, November, December, I might be a one deal a month sort of agent, maybe. And then what am I going to do? Because I still have to make business happen. But it's the, the thing, the problem is that most people, the reason why we go on this cycle of business, this is the rat race of business is because when you're making the money, you're also spending the money. You're not putting that money aside to get you through the times. And so what happens is when the, when, the, when the market shifts down or the winter market comes, we stop spending. We stop spending on ads. We stop spending on ISAs. We stop spending on lead generation. And then the market comes back and then we're, try, we're spending that, we're trying to spend the time where the market's already picked up to try to catch up. So it's always like this, it was catch up game rather than like staying on top of it. 
Okay. So um, the next one is what, what we've been talking about is like using the data, like understanding where you should really spend your money. Like I told you a second ago that my money is mostly spent on social media ads, Facebook ads, because I tell you, I know how to convert a Facebook lead. Tired of hearing people say Facebook leads suck because they don't. I mean, they don't. I spent a lot of money on Facebook ads. Okay, I can convert, I can convert them. The second thing is um, my money is also spent on um, in-person events. I spend a lot of money on my in-person events, you guys. Lots. Probably more than I should sometimes. But I really like them. I love them. I love in-person events. That's what brings me so much joy. And it also brings me a huge return. And then the final tip is to be flexible with yourself. Be flexible with yourself. Right now, I track my money on a weekly basis. As I, as I start to get more into this like comfortability of tracking money, I probably will not track it on a weekly basis. I will probably start looking at it more on like a monthly basis and then eventually a quarterly basis. But you have the reason I look at it on a weekly basis is because I can make adjustments real quick, real quick. I can look and say, okay, I way overspent here. Okay, I've got to pull something out. And also because I am always open to additional opportunities for income generation. So sometimes those additional opportunities are going to cost me additional money. So if I look at my money on a weekly basis, I know if I actually have that money to spend, which makes it a much easier conversation when I don't. I'm going to be like, no, no money, click. So be flexible. Um, and then, you know, when you're seeing that, you can reallocate that money to the places that are actually working working. And I, I kind of talk about, I talk about, for me, money has been, like I said, in the beginning of this call has been the hardest, hardest piece of my, my circle of life to master. And I think it's going to take the longest because it's a lot of ingrained thought processes that I have to change from the last 43 years. A lot of ingrained thought processes. And those are really, really, really hard. Now for, you know, the second thing that I can say has been the hardest thing for me to change has been um, eating, eating habits, right? But eating habits I learned to master, I took, I took, that took priority for me 25 years ago. So now my eating habits are habits. So that, that's what kind of drives me and knows, hey, when I first started trying to figure out my eating and nutrition habits, right? Like it was really hard. It was hard. I had to I tracked my food every freaking day every day. And to this day, I still track my food on a daily basis when I feel like I need to get back on track. But I track my food. I track every single morsel of food and every single crumb. I weighed it out on a scale and I put it into a, an app and I, I tracked every single morsel. So I knew those Tic Tacs were five calories. Did I want to waste five calories on a Tic Tac? No. Right. So that's, but that took me 25 years to figure out the food. 25 years. So I'm like, I don't have that time for money. I got to figure that out much faster. So thankfully, I learned a lot from trying to figure out the food thing, but I can actually accelerate and 10x, 10x the speed on the money thing. But I will just tell you that the, the money thing is, it's the one thing that's going to keep us going or it's going to kill us in this industry. So I don't want any one of you, because if you, a lot of you come here to my calls every week, and I know that all of you are drivers. If you're not, if you weren't, you wouldn't be here. If you didn't want to be committed to this business, you wouldn't actually take time to show up to a call that you don't have to show up to and hear me preach for half an hour every Friday. Okay. I know that. But the one thing I don't want is I don't want to see any of you fail because you can't manage your money. 
If you decide to leave the business because you want to do something better, great. But I don't want it to be because you can't manage your money. Because even if you're making one check, one commission check, and it's $5,000, you have to learn to allocate that $5,000 accordingly. If you don't, it doesn't matter if your commission check's $500,000. You're not going to figure it out. Okay, that's my soapbox. That's all I got. Questions? Nina. Hello. Okay. Great, great talk again. I come every Friday. It's great. <laughs> I look forward to it. Um, question for you. I am one of those people that has a money problem. May I ask you, in addition to the Money Master book, which I already ordered online while we were audible, while you were talking, what other books do you recommend or programs to get this going in my brain? Hey, there is a podcast. Uh, there's a lady I would love that I've recently discovered. She's freaking amazing. And I'm going to say this, you guys. Um, I'm never, I'm not a feminist by any means, but you have to, you, a lot of times, like if you are a woman or a man, you're going to hear messages from that same gender. Okay. So pay attention to who is actually giving you the message. Okay. I've really found Hannah Koenig, which is uh, who I put in there. She has awesome her, like, she's the one who really helped me understand that it's not a budget. Cause I hate the word budget. Budget has negative connotations for me. I can't, I can't fix, I, I don't know what it is, but she's the one who talks about money as a plan and a purpose. And I'm like, Ooh, I resonate with a plan and a purpose. I hundred percent resonate with a plan and a purpose. Right. And so I, I listen to her profit first that Katrina put in there is a fantastic book. And if you read that book, you'll see why I have eight bank accounts. <laughs> so profit first is a phenomenal book. Um, the other one is hold on because I have them all right here in my, um, I will teach you to be rich by Ramit Sethi. I will teach you to be rich. That's what it's called. Such a good book. Such a good book. Linnea, he, he has a um, Netflix series that just yes. got released. Oh, he does? Yes. Uh, right. Two days ago. Oh, yes. I just yes. started watching it. It is yes. fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love it. I just, I love it because it's like, he, he literally breaks down like how to master this in six weeks, but I'll, let me be real mastering money in six weeks is, I mean, cool. If you can figure that out, I will pay you money to show me how to do it because <laughs> I can't figure out master money in six weeks. Cause there's a lot of other things, but the, that's what I, I, I would recommend those, but the Tony Robbins money master your game. I've mentioned that on many different platforms, many different levels was the number one game changer for me because that was the one that kind of taught me that like, Hey, I have a skill set, and my corporate job was not paying me for my skill set. And that's the one that really taught me, like, you know, you got to figure out what your skill set is and make and monetize that. Got to monetize it. And so that's why I really like that book. It's very, very, very long. It's like 800 pages. Can I also ask you really quickly, last question, sorry. Would you mind sharing the, the basic template of your spreadsheet of how you maximize or how you track your money? Not uh, personally. The, what, the, the annual projections? I guess yeah. all of them because I'm I'm new at this, so I need it all. <laughs> Thank you. And then Carrie also put some two of my favorite books. My favorite book I read last year was We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. You guys, there's, there's so many money books out there. And I guarantee you, if you start looking up some of these money books on Audible, you're going to find all of them. She's like, here you go. That's all I listen to right now. I'm listening to so much about money. Like my, my brain is so focused on mastering this piece. And I will probably just, you know, I will probably be hiring a money coach here in the next three to four months. Because that's like, you know, I, I've got 
coaches have helped me get to every different level that I need to my fitness, my eating, my mental health, my everything business, I got business, 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 right. And now if I know that I need improvement, like I'm going to invest in a coach who's going to help me get there, help me improve my mindset around it. Ellen. So, um, you had shared that spreadsheet on another call and I actually use it every time I have a closing, I put the number in and I, but did I see that you just pay yourself 1%? No, and, I profit 1%. Said that again? I profit my, I give my profit 1%. So my compensation, I, com- I compensate myself more. I compensate myself $6,000 every month. That's my pay. That's my pay. Okay. That's my, like, that's my salary that comes okay. from to me personally. And then, and then I put 1% of into my profit. So at the end okay. of the year, 1%. And profit, where does that go? What do you do with your profit? The 1%? Going to so, my the end of the year, go on vacation, you know, it's profit. Business okay. profit. Okay. Okay. Over and above. Another yeah. word. Over yeah. and above. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, and it's nice because like that's a lot of things like we don't think about is like actually being a profitable business. But what does profit actually mean? Mm-hmm. Right? Look at Jeff Bezos. Okay, he's a built the guy's a billionaire, but you know he also profits a lot every year, right? Mm-hmm. Like all like you, you guys are billionaires, and that's part of actually that's another thing. You know why I liked um, Tony Robbins' book was because it taught you the mindset of billionaires. Okay, billionaires don't just know how to make a lot of money. They know how to allocate money and make money work for them. They've mastered the art of money working for them. And that was the other reason I really liked that book. And profit is one of those things of being able to make, give you, give yourself a profit. So at the end of the year, it's profit, but you also have to remember whatever you profit, you're going to get taxed on. So that's where you also want to put money aside for taxes. Thank you. Welcome. Nina. Can I ask you what type of business entity are you? I mean, I know every state is a little different. But you're probably not an LLC. Are you an S corp? Yep, hundred okay. percent. I had a tax advisor, and I'm not giving advice on taxes by any means. No, no, yeah. I had, my, I had a tax advisor advise me to move into an S corp in 2020 because I profited a hundred thousand dollars in 2019. So she said, you know, you need to be an S corp. And also, the cool thing about an S corp is there's no double taxation. So if you're an LLC, you're paying taxes. You're paying taxes on the LLC and on your personal, and on on S corp, you're not. So there's no double taxation. Right. Okay. And then, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, Kira, let me answer your question real quick. So number three was focus on high return activities. Number four was use the data that you're actually gathering to reallocate if necessary. And number five was be prepared to make adjustments. Linnea, will you share that in your group? Your yeah. yeah, I'll share it. You guys can see my weird notes in there. And then, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll share, I'll make this um, expenses to be more, uh, um, what's the word? Generic. Generic. Thank you. Thanks, Katrina. Yeah. <laughs> the word. That's, I'll make that to be a little more generic view. So I hope you all got some value from this call. If you have questions, you know, just ask them in the group. Also, someone posted in the group the, the other day questions about VAs. So if you guys can, if someone, if you guys can go kind of find that, I, I can't think of who it was. I'll just tag at everyone in it. But she had a lot of questions about VAs. I know there's a lot of people here who have insight on VAs. So um, if you guys could answer that, would be awesome. And um, if you have questions, you know where to find me.
Thanks for coming. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.